it's the NFL finally back. Week one is in the books. Our local teams seem to eat defeat, and one of the coaches needs the hook. But we'll go around the league, find out who's good and bad. And if you want to find out what's going on with New York football, listen right now. Downtown Sports. I am the mouth of the South, John Schiavone, along with my co-host, the Beast of the East, Jonathan Periente. This is Downtown Sports. This is where sports come home. The NFL has come home and an all-too-familiar virus has hit the New York teams. It's called lack of offensive line. Ugh. Tell them about it, Beast. Ugh. If you're a New York fan, John, it's a rough time right now. It is. We have a tale of two teams in the same city, in the same stadium. Now I'm going to begin with the Jets. They're going the same direction, by the by, but, you mm. know. One's going to be a little begin, better than the other. We're going to go back and forth and back and forth. Yeah. We'll begin with the Jets, though. because Let like me start know. with the Jets. Yeah. Let me start with the Jets. And, folks, I was watching that Jet game in the first half. And I was already ready to throw my television out my window. When I saw the Jet offense producing four yards of offense in literally about 24 minutes to start the game. The Jet offense looked non-existent. Receivers couldn't get open. Le'Veon Bell, once again, getting stuffed at the line of scrimmage. I got nine words. Get that son of a off the sideline. Adam Gase, you mean, right? Yeah. Get that 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 abomination off the sideline right now. I'm not even a Jets fan and I'm pissed. Because let me give you my lineage as a sports fan, right? I was a Giants fan to like, you know, be counterculture to the rest of my family who all all the time watch Jet games. I remember this as a young, young boy. All the time they watch Jet games and they would all get very upset. So I would just never want to... These people have upset my family for years. My father, before he passed, said, I will never see the Jets win another Super Bowl after he saw 69. And he never did. Because this team just seems to make bad decision after bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. And Adam Gaze is the latest in the long line of mediocrity in the history of the New York Jets. They hired a guy who got Peyton Manning's coffee in Denver. And somehow that qualifies him to be a head coach. Really? He is in Miami for three years, makes the playoffs one time. Tannehill's production goes down every year he's head coach to the point where he gets fired. And now Tannehill is the starting quarterback for the Tennessee Titans looking a hell of a lot better than he ever did in Miami under Adam Gaze. And now year two of his reign as the New York Jets head coach and Sam Darnold looks worse Well, can we than say, he can, did last season. Could we say, look, can we honestly say that it's Sam Darnold's fault? Are, are we really, can we blame Sam Darnold for why the Jets are not playing well? They're or do we blame it on Adam Gates? Again, I'm going to blame it on the Jets organization because now this is number two. Really? This is the second quarterback in this century that the Jets have drafted at a very high position. 
I want to remind Jet fans of a person. People seem to have forgotten who he was. Remember Mark Sanchez? Oh, yeah. Fifth yeah. overall pick. Mm-hmm. Had to deal with uh, multiple different offensive coordinators and a head coach that didn't know his head from his you-know-what concerning offense. At least Rex Ryan, the team, played for him. At least Rex Ryan brought out the best in his crew for a few years. At least and they then, went to the playoffs. And then, and then, when he was replaced, I mean, that regime ruined how many quarterbacks? They, they, they put the nail in the coffin of the career of Tim Tebow. Um, Geno Smith got ruined by them. Mark Sanchez got ruined by them. And now, with a new administration, new GM, new head coach, this is a head coach that's supposed to be all about the offense, we're now seeing the ruination of another quarterback. Year three for Darnold, his second head coach, and he looks like he's regressed under Adam Gaze's tutelage, not progressed. Well, let's let's look at some things that I, I can tell you what I saw in that game with Buffalo. And uh again Well one, I saw I saw I saw the quarterback who everybody slept on in that draft who I thought you? really opened the eyes of a lot of people there there Josh he did Allen. Josh Allen. Yeah. Well, it helps when you give him, I don't know, when you give him playmakers to throw the football to. What a freaking novel. I never thought of that, Beast. Oh, my God. Give him Stefan Diggs, a guy that, you know, this is, a, this is the big difference, by the way. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say something very important right now. This, okay. is the big, this is the big difference I see with Stefan Diggs on the Bills that the Jets don't have with any of their receivers. At least Diggs has a little toughness to him. He'll take a hit to the back. He'll fight for possession of the ball. He'll go after the ball and try to make a tough catch. It's called effort. Let me just say this. Let me just say this. Yeah. What you saw was a complete mishmash of crap. Now, if I'm the Jets and they lose another game in this fashion, by the way, the score was not indicative of how bad this they game was. They should have been down. That first half, they should have been down like 30 to nothing. They were down tw- – they were lucky that they were only down uh, – they were lucky that, that Allen made like two stupid fumbles or that game could have been a further blowout than 27-17. And not to mention, you didn't have Le'Veon Bell for the rest of the game because he injured his hamstring, and now he's out three weeks. Yeah. Adam Gase then admits, uh, I shouldn't have – I'm, I'm killing myself. I shouldn't have put in Bell when he was hurt. Oh, Maybe. Yeah. He's really, he's really hurt. Like, he's really hurt, Adam Gaze, about that, about Le'Veon Bell not being able to play. Because, you know, he just loves Le'Veon so freaking much. He loves Le'Veon so freaking much. I mean, the second he became the coach, the first thing he did was shower him with praise. Oh, wait! No, we said he wouldn't have gotten Le'Veon Bell if it were his decision. That's how you start off your relationship with your star running back when you just get hired as the head coach. And yet he said he's mad at himself for allowing Le'Veon Bell to return when he was already hurt. Oh, yeah, he's real mad. He's real mad at himself. I'm sure. I'm sure of it. I'm sure he's mad. He's sitting there with his cup of hot cocoa with marshmallows in it, sipping on it, being real pissed off that he doesn't have to deal with Le'Veon Bell for the next three weeks. I'm sure that really breaks him up inside. Well, for the Jets, this does not get any better. Uh, you're seeing the 49ers next week, and they were coming off a bad loss to Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, uh, you know, defending NFC champions that went to the Super Bowl and 
blew it to Patrick Mahomes, what they blew like a 20 point lead. Mm-hmm. I it was. And uh, mm-hmm. so now they're going to play the Jets next week and they're going to be pissed off about losing to the, to the cards. You think they're not going to take it out on the Jets? And if you think Garoppolo is not going to remember how to beat the Jets from when he was a Patriot, you know, <laughs> it's, it, it, let me just say this. Greg Williams is going to be the head coach by week four. You think Gase will be fired within like he's going to be fired within a couple of weeks. Adam Gase has somehow managed to ruin the relationships that the organization had with both Jamal Adams, and you'll see it very shortly with Le'Veon Bell. Because you know, all you hear about in the offseason is how Gaze didn't is arguing with Le'Veon. And then before the season, they had this magical summit where they came together as coach and star and they're here for each other now and they're on the same page you heard what Adam? you know they're adam, not uh, on the same page you know that adams uh, even said a few words to greg williams he said he was not bored when he debuted with the seahawks he says oh he loves it in seattle you know quarterback everybody knows their role we, we he's not used to seeing a team score 30 something points mm-hmm. talk about a cheap mm-hmm. talk about a Talk about a first shot fired at his... It's uh, not about a first shot fired. It's called he's talking truth. And You're going to see. You're seeing it this season so far. Now, I understand it's week one. Don't overreact. Adam Gaze had a good finish last year. But a lot of that was predicated on Jamal Adams' great play on the defensive side of the ball, right? Um, a lot of that was predicated on Sam Darnold's development, right? A lot of that was predicated on Le'Veon Bell, right? Um, on Robbie Anderson, right? Now, who does he have to throw the ball to? Who's the guy who's going up the seam? Who's yeah. handing it off? Who's, Do- who's Donald handing it off to to set up play action? Yeah, well. Lord Powell's gone. Now, let me yeah. Bell's hurt. Well, let me tell you who you got now. You're going to have Kalen Balaj, who the Jets just signed to their squad. He was a former Dolphin that played under Adam Gase. How oh, great yeah, is that? Great. So, great. He'll, he'll be one of Great. He'll know the X's and O's of pathetic failure. That'll be one. And they had this uh, young kid Adams play last week. Because uh, LaMichael Perrine, guess what happened to him? Their big draft pick. He's hurt. LaMichael Perrine's hurt. Of course he is. Of course he is. Of course he is, because that's the Jets. But now, let's yeah. switch over to my team, which I am not as upset about. But once again, linebacking core, offensive line. This seems to be a disease that everybody who sits in that general manager's chair can't shake. It's how to get a linebacking core that knows how to pursue without over-pursuing or missing tackles. Then know when it's time to knock the person down before the goal line versus going for a strip of the ball. Pittsburgh's second-to-last touchdown with Washington barreling his shoulder into the end zone. Giant player has him. What's he doing? Is he wrapping him up and trying to put his body in front of the goal line? No. He's going to strip the freaking football in a motion that would have stripped it over the goal line while it was still in the guy's possession, almost guaranteeing a touchdown. They, they, they lost on the defensive side of the ball. Well, how about – I thought they lost the game when uh, – what was it? Uh, wasn't Danny Dimes, like, leading them down the field? They were moving the ball on the Steelers defense like I'd plays. never seen. And 19 then, plays in his first red zone pick of his career. 
and he lets his arm get hit as he throws, throws a lollipop in the air, pick off, giant momentum, gone. Oh, no, but I thought only Eli did that because, you know, it was all Eli's fault. You know, he kept on throwing those lollipops up there. Maybe nope. it's because they never blocked. Well, the giant O-line has never blocked. When was the last time the Giants had a good O-line, John? Uh, 2008. So right after they won the Super Bowl. So Super Bowl 42, that was the best Giants O-line. <laughs> well, when you had David Deal, when you had Sean O'Hara. When, when you had, had Snee, that whole line. Yeah. When you had that offensive line, you liked your chances, right? Yeah, you did. And then later on, they put Kareem McKenzie to shore it up. Uh, Boss was not a great center, but, you know, he was serviceable enough. You were able to overcome certain things. And then a couple years later, you just saw the weaknesses of Jerry Reese come forth. He did not know how to draft well. And Jerry Reese literally benefited from Ernie Acorsi's decision-making over the course of the first four years he was Giants GM. He got a lot of flack and a lot of extra time at that position that he didn't deserve, thanks to players that Ernie Acorsi drafted. When Jerry Reese, for the second Super Bowl, everybody keeps on forgetting, he was the one that said if Tom Coughlin doesn't do well this season, he's out. Well, He was the one threatening jobs, and then – Reese got to walk out the same. The Reese got to walk out the year after Coughlin did. Well, that now the Giants. Happy. Well, the Giants are going to have to turn things around very quickly. They're going to Soldier Field next week. They're playing Chicago and the Bears. Let me tell you how that's going to go down. If Jones plays like he did this week, now the things about the Giants that I saw that I liked, right? Okay. One, moving the football. Two, Jones could play with pressure. Okay. He could throw. He has a throw. great arm, and he has poise in the pocket. It's okay. not something you generally see from a young quarterback like him, especially a young quarterback that puts on a giant uniform. But you my, see that. My worry is Saquon Barkley could not run the football if you tried. Well, the problem is when you only give him 20 touches in a game, you're not going to get a lot of results. Nope. You're not going to get a lot of results if he only has 20 touches in four quarters. You're basically handing him the ball five times a quarter. How is a back like Saquon Barkley supposed to build momentum, beat down a defensive and beat down a defensive line? I'll tell you the big problem. The Giants still can't run block. They still can't run block. They can't even make a crease for Barkley. Barkley isn't a player that needs the line to push the defensive players out of uh, backwards. He just needs them to make enough of a crease that he could bang through a hole because he could make most linebackers and most safeties mess. You stop Barkley at the line of scrimmage or you don't stop him at all. That's a failing of the offensive line. Well, but new head coach, no preseason, couple of new pieces on that offensive line, trying to see if uh, Hernandez can stay up. Remember, Soldier uh, opted out due well, to Shoulder was coronavirus. Nate Soldier was a complete failure. On the he was, but that was a player that understood that scheme and was there. Now you had to replace him with somebody that wasn't. And no preseason equals no cohesion. No cohesion equals people coming past you. On that note, let's wrap it up right there. Giants have to work, have their work cut out for them next week in Chicago. They better win that game. And the Jets need to fire their head coach. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They need yeah. to fire him right now. But we're going to go around the rest of the league. We're going to do the downtown sports NFL top 10, which I guarantee you neither of our New York football teams will be on. I haven't seen the list, but I guarantee you neither of our football teams are on it. 
So I promise you're not going to hear any repeat of Giants or Jets analysis coming up because there's no way either of those two teams would be on a top 10 list of anything unless it's a top 10 list of pathetic failure. Back after this. And we're back to Downtown Sports. I am the Mouth of the South, John Schiavone, along with my co-host, the Beast of the East, Jonathan Pariente. And before we uh, take care of a little business, Beast, where can they hear us? We're available Downtown Sports on 10 different platforms. We're on Breaker. We're on Spotify. We're on Anchor. We're on Overcast. We're on Pocket Cast. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts, Radio Public. We're on CastBox and on Bullhorn, 10 different platforms. We're on every Tuesday, Wednesday with live rants and episodes every week. We are downtown sports. We are where sports come home. Very good. And we got one thing to handle. We kind of left a runner on second, didn't we, Beast? Yes, we did. We, I said something in the intro about somebody getting a hook. Mm-hmm. And I'm not the one to talk about that. So let's get a little 180 action. Shane, start the clock. Mm-hmm. New York Jets, Adam Gase. How could you have thrown that product that I saw on the football field in the first half? I was watching a Jet team that, like everybody was saying all around Jetland, that looked unprepared, didn't want to actually be there, and just quite frankly, just flat out just got him just humiliated in the first half by a Buffalo Bills team that was just, up, oh, run the ball with him. Up, oh, I'm going to pass the ball, Josh Allen. I'm going to throw it to Diggs. And you saw the Jets come out with absolutely no effort. They got dominated in a game where the opposing quarterback lost two fumbles. Not to mention... Not to mention the Jets also uh, took a delay of game penalty coming off of a break. How the heck does that happen? Only in Jetland does that happen, right? And you know what's really sad? The second half, the Jets played so much better. Buffalo was missed two field goals in addition to the two fumbles. But then the Jets' mistake of turnovers came in. Chris Herndon fumbles a, a terrible pass at a terrible time. Darnold throws a terrible interception. And that was where, ladies and gentlemen, the Jets could have had their opportunities to not only close that gap from 21 to 3 at the time, they maybe could have won the game. But you have to go back to, if the Jets could do that in the second half, why couldn't they do it for the whole game? This is where Adam Gase, for me as a Jet fan, has gotten me so frustrated, has gotten the whole Jet Nation frustrated, And you wonder why Jet fans are leaving in droves. Nobody wants to watch this product play. There's a reason why the Jets haven't been here to the Super Bowl in over 50 years. It's all because of upper management. From the Johnsons, to John Edzik, to Adam Gase. Oh, shall I keep going? Uh, Oh, let me see. To my Tannenbaum. Do I have to even keep going? And now even to Joe Douglas for allowing this circus to go on for another game. I swear on my mother's good name right now, 
If Adam Gase is not fired, we talked about this earlier, if he is not fired within the next one or two weeks, and I see a and I see a performance like I saw in week one, and by the way, this is only getting worse for the Jets. You got the Niners coming in next week. You think the, you think Garoppolo's gonna show mercy like Allen did? Nope. No. You gotta see New England twice. You gotta see Miami twice. Can you imagine what Cam Newton's gonna do to that Jet defense? You gotta play Russell Wilson this year. You're gonna go to Arrowhead this year. You think Pat Mahomes is gonna play light? No. For the Jets, this season was over the minute that first quarter was over. That was the Jets season in one half, in one 15 minute quarter. I swear if Gase is not let go, put a paper bag over my head, put a paper bag over the rest of the fans' heads, because the Jets season is over. And that was your downtown sports 180. Get him off the side. Just do it now. Because if I have to turn on the radio every day to hear more people yelling and screaming about Adam Gaze, I don't know what else to do because he's ruining this young quarterback. This young quarterback who should have been the best of this bunch. He can't even ruin him. Up. He's not even in any trust with the with his own running back and Le'Veon Bell. He doesn't even have. He, he apologizes that I started Le'Veon Bell when he, when he was hurt and I put him back in there, but yet you didn't even want Le'Veon Bell in the first place. Yeah, seems pretty convenient to me. He just seems so. So let's let Le'Veon Bell be a sacrificial lamb. Let's let's sacrifice him for the greater good. Yeah, quoting mm. uh, quoting the former architect there. Yep. Let's yeah. go, well let let's switch topics. We're gonna go towards positivity now because we're definitely not gonna be talking about New York sports teams because we really can't talk about those guys in a positive sense. Let's get to the NFL top. 10, the downtown sports NFL top 10 put together by our statistician, Krista Large. I have not seen this beast. Yeah. Let's go through it. It's a very interesting one. I was actually amazed. Number 10, the Rams. Well, the Rams did pick up a nice win Sunday night, beating the Cowboys. That defense was ready. Also, uh, well, because uh, also Mike McCarthy, uh, you know, didn't kick a field goal when he should have kicked one earlier. And, uh, you know. And now you see why nobody wanted to hire Mike McCarthy as a head coach. So. <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, the, the Rams are still pretty good. Even without Todd Gurley, that team can still find ways to move the ball, and Sean McVay's system is, is as up-to-date as any coach in the league. That's how good they are. That's why they went to the Super Bowl two years ago. Number nine. Number nine, we just talked about them, the Buffalo Bills. You know and what? You know what? I think they could be higher than this, but I think nine is okay right now. I think nine is right where they need to be right now because of Josh Allen and the two fumbles. I believe that if it were any other team but the Jets, the Bills could have lost that game. I think if uh, the Jets' offensive line would have blocked anybody, that would have had a much different result in this game. I think uh, Sam Darnold seems to lose his coordination at the end of games when it comes pressure time, and that's because their head coach is bad. Buffalo is at the proper point on this list. I wouldn't take them off the top ten. They had a very, very, very impressive win against the Jets, but, folks, it's the Jets. Yep. The sad part is Darnold and Allen are actually buddies. Like, they, they work out together. They hang out together. 
You have yeah. to remember, like, this Josh, yeah, Josh Allen. Yeah, Josh Allen, Takashi 6'9", Darnold, and everything he likes to do on offense. So Moving on, number eight, the Cowboys. Well, considering they how they choked that game last night to the Rams, the other night to the Rams. Uh, Did you see they, the reaction on my – do you see, like, right here? You see yeah. this vein? How is Dallas ahead of the team that beat them? No. No, we're going to replace. Um, number eight doesn't exist there. We're going to put number 10 at number eight. We're going to correct this list as we go, okay? <laughs> number 10 is going to number eight. But Dallas, I mean, Dak Prescott did not have an impressive game. And in the last possession, showed you everything you need to know. He can never win the game in the big moment. Last year, Dallas was one and six in one possession games like this. And the Dallas offense looked stale. It looked predictable. It looked tired, and it looked unoriginal. Because either, either that was the big problem with McCarthy and Rogers. Yeah, because you it run the ball. It the big with problem. Zeke. You run the ball with Zeke. You throw the ball to Amari Cooper. I was dying to see Ceedee Lamb have a big game. Where was Ceedee Lamb? Nowhere. Keep it moving. So why they're number eight, I have no idea. Number seven, the Tennessee Titans. Interesting. I like this. Titans, Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill. I mean, that's the perfect combo you could have. A.J. Brown. You have Corey Davis. He had a big Tannehill is very smart. Tannehill has a set of legs on him. Tannehill knows how to call protections. Tannehill is a very, like, he's a thinking man's quarterback. He's a working man's quarterback. Look, he's not. Mahomes, he's not Cam Newton even. He's not even uh, – I'm not even going to say he's at the level of a Daniel Jones. I'd say him and Daniel Jones are relatively the same place. But he's definitely serviceable enough. And if you give him a good enough running back and an offensive line, he could definitely run some plays with his legs, get free of pressure. Getting Tennessee Jadav- looks like he's got a good deal going with this offense. Getting Jadavian Clowney really boosted up that defense. And now yes, – and you have Mike Vrabel to call these plays on the side as a defensive player himself. That just makes the whole Titans team like that much more powerful. They're, yep. Titans are going to be a threat in that South. There's no they doubt. Have experience. About it. They have depth. They have smart quarterback play and they're the best running back in the league. And right now we're starting to see the NFL move towards a, more of a running league. Again, it's more read option, more stuff like that, but you're seeing dynamic offense, but it's being done through, through people's legs and not the air running game. Speaking very that, important. Derek Henry, a guy like him who could also finish the goal line, that's very important too. Speaking of that, let's go to six. The New England Patriots and no Brady, no problem. Cam Newton. I'd say they have an upgrade. I'd say the Patriots have gotten an upgrade at quarterback because Cam Newton has all the physical tools that you would ever want from a quarterback. He's got legs. He's got the arm. He's got the physical strength. He's also got the smarts to read protections and call blitzes. With a coach like Belichick who puts all of his players in the best position possible to win, a guy like Cam Newton is going to have a comeback season. Look for an MVP-type year out of Cam. I think you will see it. That was just the beginning. Number five, New Orleans. All right, number five. Great job with beating the uh, newly uh, crowned – NFC South Division champion before they even played Tampa Bucks. Uh, I couldn't believe that was even Tom Brady I saw in a Bucks uniform. I was still kind of getting used to seeing him in a Bucks uniform. I think I he's still, still getting used to seeing him in a Bucks uniform, and he's still getting used to losing to people like Drew Brees. Oh, he's going to see very differently. He's going to see how much different it is playing with a, a team like this that's not coached by Bill Belichick. You're being coached by Bruce Arians. He's a great hey, coach. Hey, 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 hey. 
Bruce Arians is a great coach. I love Bruce Arians. Please, great coach. Please give. Please put some respect on that man's name, because Bruce Arians. He's a wizard offensively. He really is. And yeah. I think him and Brady are going to be a very good combination. He's got to get it to work a little bit. Remember, no preseason. Well, no in preseason, the, and, they still, and they still scored 23. When all Tampa Bay's weapons are healthy, they're dangerous. If you get a yeah, healthy Mike Evans, you, have, you already have Godwin. It's a very deep team. If you can get Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones going, wow. But let's go to number four, the Niners, who the Jets will see next week. It's still a very dangerous team. The Niners are a very, very prolific offense. Jimmy Garoppolo at the helm. Raheem Mostert had another great game. Once again, why is the team that lost here when they really have no reason to be? Well, I wouldn't yeah. put the Niners on a top 10 list of anything at 0-1, losing to a division rival. And that NFC West is no joke. It's a stacked NFC West. It's a good division now. Can you believe how many years ago it was one of the worst divisions and now it's the best division? I mean, I think for a number of years, we've seen the West be consistently, a lot of people would say average, but the Cardinals, the Seahawks, and the 49ers stayed beating each other up all year long. And now and you the have the Rams. Yeah. Now for, for about two, for about eight years, you had two teams that were really good. Maybe a third every once in a while. Now all four and now good. all four are legitimate contenders for the Super Bowl. I'd say and the 49ers are probably the least equipped to win out in that division. You're going to see. a good question. Yeah. How do the 49ers stack up if they're missing uh, Kittle? I, That's a big loss. Kittle's I'll tell big you. Loss. I'll tell you how they stack up. I think the 49ers start to rely on their running game more. I think the 49ers lose the ability to go vertical with Garoppolo up the middle of the field without Kittle. I think without Kittle, you see a lot more double teams on wideouts. You see a lot more blitz packages coming straight for the quarterback. I could see a vulnerability without Kittle. I think Kittle's the glue that holds that whole thing together. Hence why I say I think San Fran right now in that division has a chance. They might finish with like nine wins. But they might be in third place and out of the playoff picture. Here's an important note. They're down two wide receivers. They don't have – Emmanuel Sanders was let go. He went to New Orleans. Debo Samuel, he's hurt, one of their big wide receivers as well. So now without Kittle, you're really kind of a little shorthanded. I'm not even sure Kittle's going to play next week against the Jets. We don't even know for sure yet if he's playing. He's questionable, but with those injuries, you know what? San Fran needs a win. Maybe Kittle's out there as a distraction, but maybe you do see Kittle play. I'm not sure. Number three, yeah, we go to the Seahawks because, Makes sense. yeah, Russell Wilson is still Russell a, a top three quarterback in the league. Um, eight years in the NFL has never lost. He's, I believe, the best draft pick, the best quarterback out of that draft pick year, my and now opinion. You're seeing, and now you're seeing DK Metcalf be that number one option for Russ without having the benefit of Tyler Lockett. It's a very deep team. Chris Carson to run the ball. And now you got Jamal Adams to lead that defense. And the Seahawks are trying to bring back a little bit of the Legion of Boom. A little bit. Adams, little is, bit. All about, Adams is all the Legion of Boom right there. He was a Legion of Boom in one player. He could cover. He could blitz. He could tackle. He could strip. He could do whatever you need him to do. Jamal Adams is that utility knife that any defense would love to have. And now – it's in the hands of a master like Pete Carroll. Well, we'll see if the Seahawks can get themselves back up the mountain in the NFC West. This could be their division to win this year, particularly seeing how the other teams still don't quite have all the pieces together. 
Seattle does. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So Shane, your answer to your question about how do the 49ers stack up? They don't. Uh, now to the number two team in the league, according to our downtown sports top 10, the Baltimore Ravens makes sense. led by Lamar Jackson, 2019 MVP. Good D good offense. Can Lamar Jackson duplicate the success he had in year one? Well, in one Unsure, game. Unsure, but we'll see one game so far. So no, good. One game he already did. He blew the Browns away. We'll get to the Browns in a minute. There's some news I want to bring up with them later. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the Ravens, the Ravens look as good as they've ever looked. And now they have a kid, J.K. Dobbins, to be another future running back for this group. So you're going to see, you're going to see this Ravens team do a lot more running you're going to see a lot of run and shoot out of Baltimore this year. You're going to see a lot of the old run and shoot return because they got three people who could legitimate be a, legitimately be a threat carrying the football. If you don't see run and shoot read options where quarterbacks handing it off to running back, running backs doing bubble screen to quarterback down the field, you're going to see so many different offensive sets from this team. It, but all of it depends if Lamar Jackson could hold up. Team number one. The Kansas City Chiefs, Obviously. no surprise, won the Super Bowl. And now they finally have something that they really needed to have. Now they have a running back that's going to carry that team for a number of years in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Yeah. Ran for 150 yards. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. You have all the pieces on offense. And now with a running back like, C- like CEH at the helm, the Chiefs are more dangerous than they have ever been. Kansas City looks like a team that might actually only average their defense being on the field less than 25 minutes a game. Do you are know how seeing, scary that is? Are we seeing maybe the new era of the Patriots in Kansas City? We don't know, but you know what? Let me tell you something. Andy Reid versus Bill Belichick. That's the coaching matchup to watch out for because let me, let me tell you something. Let's see what kind of answers Andy Reid and the Chiefs have for a Cam Newton-run offense under Bill Belichick. Yeah. Now I want to uh, go back to what I brought up a little bit earlier. Uh, as I mentioned, the Ravens blew the Browns away, 38-6. to Already, Baker Mayfield flopped, and now you're starting to hear some trades beginning to swirl around in the wide receiver category, one of which is, well, take a wild guess, John. Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham, yep. His name is out there. Allen Robinson's name is out there. And if uh, we have to talk about a team that could use one of those receivers right now, you honestly see Odell Beckham coming back to New York but playing for the Jets. Um, Would the Browns take a fourth rounder? I'd do it for a fourth rounder. Well, the Jets need a deep threat wide receiver right now. They They don't have one. They don't have one. I was hoping that Denzel Mims guy could have been that answer, but he's out three games with another with an injury of his own. He injured his other hamstring in practice. Mm-hmm. So now you need a deep threat. The Jets, Mims, I hope he becomes that, but I haven't seen it yet to believe it yet. Not yet, and we don't know. Odell Beckham, if you put Odell Beckham on the Jets. Then there's no excuse for Adam Gaze. That's then he your has number one receiver. That's what you have to throw the ball to and expect Darnold can get the ball to him. But the one problem I have with Odell Beckham Jr. is he would have to be the number one receiver, whether he is skill-wise or not. And he'll complain if he's not. And he'll start complaining the minute he, that doesn't happen. And with that, we got to wrap up this edition of Downtown Sports. Beast, 
Where can they hear us? Once again, we are on 10 different platforms. We are on Anchor, we're on Breaker, we're on Spotify, we're on Radio Public, we're on Overcast, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, and Bullhorn. 10 different platforms every Tuesday, Wednesday. We have live rants, episodes every single week. And tomorrow, we're going to need you guys to take a listen and to make sure to tune in because we will be releasing our second episode of the week. It's another two-episode week on Downtown Sports. Tomorrow's episode will be Bubble-rific. We will be talking to the number one drive-time host in Houston, Mr. Patrick Creighton, host of Late Hits. And then after that, we will be speaking to the great Keith Smith, NBA beat writer for Yahoo Sports. But until then, for Chris DeLarge, our statistician, for Shane Sullivan, our engineer, I in the mouth of the South, John Schiavone, along with my co-host, the Beast of the East, Jonathan Pariente. This was Downtown Sports. We're saying we out. Bye.